Thanks for joining us for season five of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy, and I'd like to introduce my partner, the very special, the very impressive, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for that kind introduction. It was really special. Uh, hey, to all those listening, feel free to call me. Shatsy. I don't think you meant it. I don't think you meant it. No, I, I did. I really did. It was a beautiful introduction. Uh, all right. Feel free to call me Shatsy, by the way. And together, we're the personalities behind Branded Strategic Hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. Jimmy, we just got back from the gorgeous Scottsdale, Arizona Restaurant Leadership Conference. We could talk hours about that, but we don't have the time, Jimmy, because we got a great show. So I just yes, want, before we, we jump, we have a great show. Restaurant Leadership Conference was amazing. Scottsdale's gorgeous. My golf game needs work. But I want to talk about the branded marketplace, Jimmy, real quick. I don't know I haven't mentioned this before on a show, so it's the first time for you listeners. First time. First time. <laughs> uh, the branded marketplace, Jimmy, if you don't know what it is, I'm going to tell you right now. Please. It is a place for everybody who's in the hospitality business, every operator. Every technology, anybody in innovation, anything in this business, you need to go to the marketplace and you will find solutions for your biggest problems. We are connecting the dots, Jimmy. We are connecting the dots. Go to the brandedmarketplace.com, okay? And you got to check it out, all right? And Jimmy, by the way, how do you get on the marketplace that you ask? Yeah, how do you get on the marketplace? Right? You asked? Yeah, I asked, yeah. Just I asked. Email, email me at marketplace at brandedstrategic.com. Jimmy, we're up, we'll upload you in a matter of hours. And Jimmy, how much does it cost? It's got to be very expensive. Thousands of dollars, I'm betting. And it's not, Jimmy. You'd lose that bet. You'd lo- and, you're a, and you're the finance guy, Jimmy, and that makes me nervous. You'd lose that bet, Jimmy. No, it's free. Free? How do we make money, Shatsy? Jimmy, I used, I figured this out. Volume, Jimmy. Volume. <laughs> Volume. <laughs> Excellent. Jimmy, Excellent. back to you, the marketplace. Go check it out. All right. That is fantastic. And that self-promotion by Shatsy on behalf of Branded Hospitality Marketplace was brought to you by Chico's Bail Bonds. If you ever need a bail bond, Chico's. Okay. we got to get another sponsor, Jimmy. <laughs> got to find another sponsor. <laughs> We're working on it. All right, listen, all kidding aside, we are very excited for today's episode. We have a special guest, uh, our friend, Mr. Dave Ralston, CEO of Hatco, and we really do have a lot to go over. So uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, David uh, we'll have you take the lead. Please give us a little uh, intro um, and background on yourself, and of course, um, you know some of the things going on at Hatco. Great. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me today. Uh, Hatco's seventy-one years old. We started in nineteen fifty, making booster water heaters for commercial dishwashers. Uh, the family at the time had other businesses, and this was kind of a side project. And uh, the uh, founder, Dave Gordon Hatch, handed it to his wife to run, and and she's turned it into a fabulous business. I came here 27 years ago with an engineering background. Uh, we've had an interesting mixture of both marketing and engineering leaders throughout the history. We kind of call our founder an, an engineer. Uh, his son, who took the business over, was a marketing guy. And uh, in 2004, the owner at the time, the second generation owner, sold the business to the employees. So we're now 100% employee-owned. And if uh, you ever want to know more about employee ownership, I'm a zealot about it. So feel free to ask. <laughs> I, I love it, man. That is really cool, David. Thanks so much. And listen, before we get deeper and deeper into Hatco, because, man, I got to tell you, 71 years old, started in 1950. There's a lot, a lot of wood to chop here. But before we get into that, I want to get a little bit about you and how you've been at, you said, 27 years. You're at Hatco 27 years. 
when did you start at Hatco? Like, what were you doing before Hatco, and how did Hatco come about? And just give us a little bit about your story at Hatco. What were you doing before? How'd you get it? Who got you the job? Was it you know back pages of the you know the local newspaper? Tell us. When I graduated from engineering school in Cincinnati or in Cleveland, rather, I interviewed with General Electric Lighting Division. I was super excited about working for GE. They hired me, but not in lighting. They hired me into what they call their manufacturing management training program. And they sent me to Milwaukee, Wisconsin to work in healthcare. And honestly, I had to get my map out and see where the (laughs) Wisconsin was. (laughs) So I came up here. Uh, It was a two-year training program. They moved me around. I spent a year here. I spent a year in Texas, went off program to a full-time job with GE in Cincinnati, Ohio, and at the jet engine division. So you eventually got back to GE. Oh, I stayed in GE, yeah. Oh, oh okay. A training gotcha, program. Gotcha. Once you come off the program, you, you get a full-time job, essentially. Got it, it got it. It was full-time before. It was just training. After uh, working at GE for a while, I thought I might want to work for a smaller company. I started networking. Uh, one of the women that I worked with at GE or worked for at GE became a mentor, and she said, I know this guy in Milwaukee. It's a small company. By the way, David was very, very offended when I called his company small, but in relation to GE, I can say. <laughs> so uh, he, she got me how, an interview. Wait, how, much, how much business were they doing back then? Do you remember? Oh, it, you know, it was a quarter of what it is now. Right, right, right. Okay. So she got me an interview and a recommendation, and it was a very uh, unorthodox, untraditional interview, which is, is a whole story within itself that we could talk an hour on. But I got the job, and he put me in sales engineering. And eventually, when I failed miserably at being a salesperson, they moved me back into engineering. And then when he was ready to sell the company and retire, I was lucky enough to become president. Boom. I love that. That is awesome. And thank you. So let's jump in because, um, you know, when this idea came up of having you on the podcast, I think, uh, David, you and I had a chance to speak and you were like, uh, let me get this straight. Tech and innovation uh, podcast, focus on the hospitality, uh, technology and, you know, innovative space. What the hell are you guys reaching out to me for? So I'm sure you regret that decision now, but let's let's make this work and make it right. Because, by the way, we are loving what you and your team and Hatco are doing really as great allies for the industry. One of our past guests actually was Mr. Mike Bell from Miso Robotics. He once said to us that the last great tech innovation in a kitchen was the dishwasher. Um, and, and besides the humor in that, and kind of I'm going to say the heat lamp. Yeah, heat lamp. But it's kind of true. <laughs> uh, we bring it up now because, you know, Hatco started off by recognizing the need to sanitize dishware and responded with developing an electric booster uh, water heater. Um, can you share with us how over the years uh, you and the company have strived to stay up to date, current, and really trying to keep a pulse on the technology that's really helping to influence and shape this industry? Well, we've expanded the business primarily by getting out of that niche of just water heating. We got into food warming. You mentioned heat lamps. We make a lot of heat lamps. Oh, I've seen, we got hat goes all over our restaurants, man. That's right. Uh, We make the decorative lamps that hang down. We make the strip heaters. Uh, Those strip heaters launched us into merchandising cabinets of all kinds and sizes. And then we got into toasting along the way. And now we're into induction heating and that sort of stuff. I so, love those conveyor toasters too, man. That's right. They're great. <laughs> and we've implemented electronics where we can. And I'll talk later about you know why that's a bit of a challenge. But um, our definition of staying up with technology is adding um, electronics where it's appropriate and not just forcing it into the product just to say that we did it. 
Hey, thanks for all that. Listen, so, you know, as we kidded back and forth a little bit there, uh, you know, uh, being in the restaurant space for so many years, there's some some names that you just, you know, they become household names on the restaurant side. They're not household names for anybody else. But for us in the in the business, so to speak, Hadco's a household name. You see it in every restaurant, everywhere. Um, uh, most people would n- never recognize it, but obviously we do. Um so I so I know all the things you've been doing, but you guys have been doing a lot of like you, you you're, like you said you, you started in boosters, which was really important because you know the, the, it takes getting that temperature up to whatever it is two hundred and something degrees really quick. You need to do that, and 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 and, and but you're doing heat lamps, and then you're doing warming cabinets and all these things. But now you're getting into a whole another set of technology as you guys grow and expand with um, electric eyes. And 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 this whole thing with uh, on the sandwich shoots and stuff like that with you know your, your Big Mac flies down everyone's seen that you know and and tell us a little bit because that that's now you're starting to get into efficiencies not just heating the food but now you're really starting to get into automation and efficiency so tell us where that's going how did that start where that's going because that's a kind of uh, really cool innovation we're talking about here. Yes, and this goes back to the energy conservation years, you know, a decade ago. Now it's all about labor savings. And so these electronic eyes really aren't much of a labor savings, but they were meant to be an energy savings device so that we're basically looking across the surface of a heated surface to see if there's any food there. And if there's no food there, we turn the heaters down. That and makes sense. Probably quick- save a lot, of, a lot of juice over the year. Exactly. It's a very simple concept. It's been used elsewhere. We didn't patent anything here. but So can we uh, say that that was your idea? Can we say that on the podcast? It was your idea. No, I don't think you should. Sh- 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 you can say it. You can say <laughs> Jimmy, it, but David's going to tell you you're wrong, but you can say it. <laughs> it's not, not true. true. <laughs> so I can say it, yeah. but it's just not true. <laughs> but, besides right. that, we're good. <laughs> so David invented this electro, the, the, this whole heating system. Yeah, that's system. not go true. So anyway, here we go. Um, so David, we, we, I do we have a patent plaque on my wall that says I invented gravity, but that's a bit of a joke. <laughs> nice. She, she invented she, something. She, She's Shachi's been selling the Brooklyn Bridge time and time again. He's made a killing uh, selling the Brooklyn Bridge over and over again. Listen, we actually have a lot, um, a lot more in common than I think people uh, or listeners may understand. Um, we, we pride ourselves on trying to stay, you know, kind of as uh, on the as, as close to the forefront of tech and innovation as we can, and we also try to position ourselves as being allies uh, to the industry. We also have a partner in common. Um, Hatco is the manufacturer of minnow pods, and it's one of Branded's partner companies. Um, we we are really excited by the company, but um, I don't want to use our time to talk about how cool minnow pod is, but I want to stay on topic and, and ask, you know, um, we'd love to have you talk about your partnership with minnow and how that came about and some of the work you're doing, because we, we continue to be very excited, and we actually think um, the relationship you and, and, and the folks over at Minnow have formed, Stephen Sperry, the CEO, it's really, I think, one of the most incredible manufacturer, you know, kind of partner company relationships we've seen. So we'd love for you to chat about that because we just think what you've been doing with this company is awesome. Great. Thank you. We got into lockers before COVID. Uh, we were fortunate that we had started focusing on this area prior to COVID hitting because it became a big deal. And during that process, we started to see ads for minnow lockers. And we thought, oh, my gosh, there's another competitor from outside the industry. And, you know, just one more person we got to deal with as far as competition. So we called one day. One of our sales guys just called him up and started a conversation. And pretty soon we realized there was tremendous synergy here because they had great depth in both industrial design and the software that was going with this system. But they had never manufactured, didn't really want to manufacture. And we're great at that. Mm-hmm. So it was a natural marriage. Um, 
you know, as usual, the agreements took forever with the lawyers, but we got it done and we are successfully <laughs> manufacturing minnow lockers. Uh, currently, we are waiting for the final UL approval to get into large scale production, but that's coming soon. Yeah, I think it's awesome, and I um, and for our audience, minnow really is is solving a a, a number of issues. But at the end of the day, it's it, the crux of it is the how to bring down the cost of of the last mile delivery, how to bring safety, the last security. the last foot, Jimmy, the last foot, the last foot, the last foot. It's that and the cost of that convenience of the driver and the guest connecting is is expensive, and also we find that neither party really would like to. They they the drivers prefer to drop it off in a secured and safe environment like a minnow pod, and and the customer would like to know that, that the food has been dropped off and um, and 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 jump right into it and and pull it out with the uh, with their smartphone. So um, we think the the concept is great, and and we could not be more proud that you are the uh, manufacturer of what we think is going to be a great company that we're going to see a lot more about. Yeah, we we love what you're doing over at Minnow. It's awesome, and we're super excited about uh, that partnership. Uh, so continuing with with automation and efficiencies, and 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 like we were talking earlier about labor savers, and that 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 seems to be the big buzz in the industry. And you guys, as manufacturers, a leading manufacturer that really support the industry, you guys are always up to date on everything happening. So let me ask you about your thoughts on robotics and what we see. We see uh, burger flippers, we see fry things. And, and I know this doesn't, uh, you don't have a solution for all these things and you don't touch all these things, but you're in the biz. What do you think about robotics? Where is it going? What are we going to see coming in the pipeline? Whether Hatco is in it or not, what do you think? I have loved robotics from since my engineering days. And it, there was a time when I wanted to be a robotics engineer. I just was so fascinated with robotics and to me, when you say robotics, that is the mechanical arm flipping around doing things. There are lots of other um, types of robotics that don't necessarily need an arm. You know, you can have an actuating lever that pushes a burger off a conveyor or onto another conveyor. Right. And these days, I think more about automation than I do robotics. And to me, automation is a broader category that includes software. And I see software adoption tremendously throughout our business and restaurants. When you think about something as simple as POS adoption, I mean, what restaurant doesn't have a POS these days? Whereas you go way back, they didn't have that. And the savings that has brought is tremendous. So I think software adoption is, is a no-brainer for restaurants and for manufacturers. When it gets into true robotics, where you have an actuator of some kind, I think that's much tougher in a restaurant because there's not enough volume of any one particular product. You know, even somebody that's making only burgers is going to struggle to implement true robotics. And, and you've seen great examples of it. There, believe me, there are examples out there and there are more coming, I'm sure. But I feel like it's going to be a bit of a, a tough uphill battle to get reliable robotics in restaurants. And then you're going to need a whole different type of person to maintain that. So it's a challenge. You know what we're going to need, Chatsy? A lot more engineers. I got to tell you, more. listen, kid, hey, kids out there going to school or thinking about something, engineering. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Listen, we've um, we've referenced the following so much in the past that I think our producer is going to you know, basically make its own segment out of it. But um, other than coal mining, the hospitality industry has ranked among the lowest and slowest uh, to embrace um, and uh, have an embracement of technology. So, so David, my question to you is, why do you feel like hospitality is so uh, behind the curve in adapting 
uh, in adopting tech. And, and we certainly feel that, that a number of factors um, is, is changing that. And maybe you feel it's changing at a good pace or, or otherwise. But why do you think it's been so slow? And, and how do you feel the pace is, is accelerating? Because we think it is. But what are you seeing out there? You guys have a lot more kitchen experience than I do, but my observation of the kitchen is that it's a hot environment. It's a wet environment. It's an environment that cares about the food and really couldn't care less about the equipment that makes it. And oftentimes the people using that equipment are minimally trained. I mean, restaurant work isn't always seen as entry level, but a large majority of people in restaurants, it is their entry level job. So I think uh, caring is an issue, taking care of the equipment is an issue, and it's just putting electronics into a kitchen is difficult. There is a test for CE where we have to spray water on our equipment from the top, kind of like a shower head at a specified angle for a specified period of time. Spraying water down on a piece of equipment that has electricity running through it. Yeah, I don't think water and electronic devices work well together. That's just me and my iPhone talk. Right. But they're envisioning <laughs> that someone in the restaurant is spraying down our equipment with a hose and they want to make it live through that. Yeah, so- I know in our restaurants, Dave, I mean, we're we're steam cleaning the entire restaurant and it's not a shower head. This thing is like at 3,200 PSI trying to get all the grease off. I mean, so yeah. You don't think about that stuff, but exactly. I guess you you have you think about that stuff. You I don't think, think about it. it. It's a hostile environment, and yeah. not all automation can stand up to that. Plus, if you do have uh, or equipment that can stand up to that, it's expensive. And we had a revelation a, a while back when we and it wasn't a restaurant. I think it was a uh, more like a jail or a hospital. But we were talking to the user about energy savings, and he said, "That's not in my budget. Electricity is not in my budget. I don't care about that." I just care about the price of the equipment I have to buy. Right, so right. The payback on something that saves energy or saves labor isn't always in the same budget. So sometimes they don't care. That's really, really interesting. So I'm going to so say robotics, very tough, may not work well in the kitchen. A lot of uh, heat, a lot of water. Robots may not like that. So uh, very interesting points there, Jimbo. It can be done. I mean, there are certainly environments where it's done. But, no, but you think about a car manufacturing plant, I don't think them hosing down the car manufacturing plant because there's no, no food around there, you know. But you know what I heard, Chad? And everything like that. What'd you hear, Jimmy? No, I, David, no, I thought he teed up really interesting to me that section with, you know, the kitchen being hot and wet. And what I quickly I, I heard him saying was, we're a hot mess. Oh, geez. I, I, was, wondering <laughs> where you're, I was wondering where you were going with that. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this, Dave, just finishing up on this subject. Where's Hatco going? Where, where what is what's on the horizon for Hatco, we know you're making the minnow pods, which is awesome. What do we see in 22, 23, 24? What kind of any changes, any new equipment, anything you're doing differently? What do you see? It's really an extension of what we've continued or started to do, and that is better use of electronics, more use of software. We have a conveyor toaster we call our intelligent ITQ, intelligent toast quick, that uh, monitors a lot of variables and adjusts itself automatically. And that's so all no more burnt bagels. Yeah, no more burnt bagels. Wow, that's not, I like that. I like the sound of that. We got a lot of burnt toast on our conveyors all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of software in there, and that's going to continue. And then um, you know we'll continue to look for new and creative uses of a conventional heating, you know, infrared and conduction and convection. And then finally, the platform that we just started developing, well, probably a decade ago now, but induction. And we have several induction pieces for our platform, and the platform is going to continue to get bigger. So 
we see that as a huge uh, benefit for the future. I think that's all great, and thank you for sharing uh, what you know what's to come. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, it turns out while well, Shatsy and I uh, and the branded team started this podcast because we like to talk to other people and we like asking questions. We learned along the way that our guests sometimes have questions for us. So let's kick into our talking back. Uh, you're encouraged to talk back, uh, where we offer our guests a chance to ask us uh, a question or two. Uh, we like to say nothing is off the table. So David, the microphone is yours. Well, I'm going to play on your expertise in the kitchen and ask you not what the restaurant employees will accept as far as, I'm going to call it automation, not just robotics, but automation. So that includes electronics. What do you think the end consumer is going to fairly readily accept in their new restaurant experience? I like it. I like it. You know why? You know why, Shatsy? He's going to you, baby. Why, Jim? Going to you. What going to you, me? yeah, you restaurant guy. Yeah, it always goes to me, and then you take my great answer, and then you make it better. You always make take it better. Answer, man. Well, make listen, better. I got to be honest. With you. I mean, look, the guest already we have seen, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, they've been embracing a lot of technology uh, on the consumer side in the restaurants. Uh, they were slow to embrace the um, the paying at the table and all these kind of things, but I got to tell you, the last two years, especially. Um, after the pandemic, uh, everybody was uh, really embracing the QR codes, their phone, ordering and pay. So I see the consumer um, accepting uh, just they, they were accepting a lot of it on the retail side. They they, they were loving it, uh, ordering food. They were loving it, making reservations. And I think they're continuing to love a lot of the um, things they're doing pre-ordering and then going to the drive-thru and just picking it up. They're doing it. They're loving it. You know, sitting down at a table, scanning a QR code, ordering a burger, wings, beer, they're, and paying for it. They're loving it. It's saving time. It's, they know what they want. They're getting, so I see them embracing it more than I've ever seen before. And they're loving it. And I, I, I will say that when it comes to fine dining, that experiential going out for a celebration or something like that, they don't really want it. They don't really care for it because it's a whole different experience. So when it comes to that fine dining, uh, you know, that full service experience, they're not really looking for that. And uh, but I think other than that, loving, loving the ordering, the paying, the rewards, the loyalty, the points, the redemptions, uh, loving it. So that's my take on it. And I only see it getting bigger and better, but not so much in fine dining. Well, Shats, I got to say, I think you're on point. Um, I, I don't want to say ditto because that would be a perfunctory uh, uh, contribution to this, this segment by me. That, that's so yeah. not you. That's me. That's so yeah, not but, a Jimmy But I will line. say, I do think you're on point. And then two quick comments and we'll move along. One is, you know, we, we've experienced, we, we've brought in some innovation or automation like self-pouring beverage solution. We talked about the minnow pod or the pickup, yep. um, you know, and, and what we're finding is the customers actually are appreciating um, being allowed to take care more of themselves. It's kind of this like Uber or on-demand economy where they're thanking us for actually allowing them to be more self-sufficient in our own stores and in our, you know, even when we break the four walls. So that's been an interesting phenomenon. And it dovetails into where I think Hatco is going to play a very big role because we've lost the labor fight and, and we're going to have to really think about um, more and more automation and leveraging. And I know it's not easy, uh, but we're going to have to do more with automation and robotics 
um, and AI because you know we use our labor to be really guest ambassadors um, and and promote the the positive experience we wish to offer our guests. But we're going to have to remove more labor from these uh, from many of these quick serve and and other types of more casual dining uh, if we have a chance to have you know margins that are going to attract capital. So those are some of my thoughts. The guest is embracing taking care of themselves. It's not a punishment. They actually like it. Um, and the generation that's you know the largest percentage of the customer the consumer uh, workforce or the consumer um the, uh, I guess the large percentage of the, of the consumer is wanting to use their phone and take care of themselves more. So anyway, yeah, let's move along to our crystal ball moment. It's when we ask our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future, the future. Uh, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology, David? Well, I agree with you. I think it's minimal contact with people. You got to put your people in the back of the house where you need their skills. And this being greeted at the door and especially the ordering process, you think how much time the wait staff wastes standing beside the table waiting for people to make up their mind. Oh, and, and, and my mom, life. it's a 25-minute pr- process, so I can't even imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> now, you do have – my wife will argue with me on this because she likes to say to the waitress, well, what do you like and what's best and what's your favorite and what's the most popular? So you may have to find some way to put that kind of feedback into electronics, but I think it can be done. The restaurant can rank it by you know who likes it the most or give it the most stars. Staff favorite, staff choice. Absolutely. So I think that all can be. I still say I want to sit down and just bring me something to eat. I don't even have to worry about it. Just know as soon as I walk in, you scan, do a full body scan. You know what I like. You have all my data from my phone. You know everything about me, and you just bring me a well done piece of salmon and a and a and a glass of wine, Jimmy. That would work. And you know what? You may not even need a person to bring it. You might have an automated guided vehicle that runs out and serves it to you. Bring, yeah, bring, Fine. Drop it I from the it. ceiling. The funny part is, Dave, on that is that Chatsy eats at his own restaurant so often that that actually already happens to him. Except it only happens because, oh, because it's his own restaurants. <laughs> they, they know what he's Jesus, Jimmy, I forgot about that. Yes. I had no idea. Yes, that's, you know? how, that, that's how they read well, your listen. mind. All right, let's go, Chatsy. The best no. section. Yeah, no, I hear you. Section. I hear you. The best, best. Let's go right, let's go right to the uh, – I agree with you. Let's go right to Brenda Quickfire, okay? I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. First – answer that comes to your mind are you ready for the branded quick fire i'm ready all right milwaukee home of happy days right you got it richie cunningham or the fonds the fonds we have a brass statue of the fonds along the river laverne or shirley laverne <laughs> i just made that one up i just threw it in there because i just love that one <laughs> where are you getting dinner from tonight i am getting dinner from a local proprietor Named Pete's on Brady Street, and I love their Oliver Twist sandwich. Nice. What's an Oliver Twist right. sandwich? It's an olive tapenade sandwich. It's mouthwatering. Holy oh. Jesus, Jimmy, that sounds delicious. And you know it's got to be good fire, from Chassie, Quick fire. Oh, okay. What's your favorite food city <laughs> in the world? Portland, Oregon. Was just there with my son. He took us to all kinds of cool little places. Favorite place to travel? I'd have to say Spain. You know, I love the food and the beer, and oftentimes the Food comes free with the beer. Yeah, me and Jimmy are trying to get a get a little trip to Spain uh, uh, next year. Hey, if you were to choose either Jimmy or I to be your partner in doubles curling competition, who would you choose to be on your side? Jimmy, yeah. show me your curling. Show me your curly move. Very good curler. Very good at curling. 
Very good curler. Well, knowing you're um, a good I curler, I'll it. pick you. Prior to hearing <laughs> that, I probably would have said Shatsy because he's the more artistic guy. And, you know, ah, so I, I ruined it for myself, Jimmy. I yes. ruined it. For, I had a win. Yeah, Shatsy, I'm going to give you the win on that because the fact is, um, I, I, I feel it all in all fairness. He was going to pick you. He said he was going to pick you. I started BSing about my, my prowess in curling. Although I have a question, Shatsy. <laughs> have you ever have you ever curled before? Have you ever done curling? Absolutely not. But I always like watching it in the Olympics. Okay. By the way, David, I have. So I got to tell you, I think your, your your actual stated answer is the right answer. I've been curling. <laughs> I've gone to a curling. I've, I've gone curling, baby, up in Canada. I gotta, got to, Jimmy, I'd like to, I honestly, if you can get me video of you curling, that would be something. Up in Canada, like we got our bowling alleys all over the America. They got their curling uh, facilities. So, Dave, by the way, can I ask you about your curling prowess or skills? Is that can you is is this a, is this something that you uh, and the, maybe the family yeah, participated in? That question. Yeah, my yeah. wife and I have been curling seven years now, and curling is much like golf. You can practice and you can practice and you can practice, and it's still a frustrating sport. But the best part is, at the end of the game. You get to go sit around a big table with uh, your team and the opposing team that you just played, and you socialize and drink. So that's the part that I love. I suspect in Milwaukee we drink a lot of beers. Oh, yeah. Beer and brandy. So basically, really, curling for you is really drinking beers. <laughs> exactly. They have an <laughs> only beer club. Shats, I got to tell you, I, I'm really, in my little experience curling uh, up, up in Canada, I, I, it was like golf in that when when we were done with the, the sport, we adjourned to the bar pitchers of beer and bottles were just put on the table and it was an awesome awesome evening so, so any sport that has a 19th hole 19th hole and i like it that's my favorite hole and i don't know what they call it in curling but i love it i love it i think it's great we know what chatsy here we go we gotta get we gotta establish a curling spot uh the f and b mixed with curling all right david listen we want to thank you so much uh for joining us uh on the podcast and for all your great insights uh we appreciate uh the hard work that you and the team in hatco uh does for the industry and, and selfishly we actually love the relationship that that you and uh hatco have with our partners uh at minopod they feel very lucky uh to be working closely with you and and we see great things um in that relationship and that partnership uh if you want to get in touch with david uh directly uh you can email us podcast at brandestrategic.com and we'd be happy to make the introduction uh as our listeners know we season one mistake was giving out email addresses or uh, now we now you you reach out to podcast at branded and to our listeners we want to really thank you so much for tuning in we know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there and the fact that more and more people choose to hang out with us and and subscribe and check us out we really do value and appreciate it we hope to continue to bring great guests um like david and the folks at hatco uh going forward join us next week is welcome our guest rob carpenter founder and ceo at value AI. We're going to go heavy into the AI domain. You don't want to miss it. And if you haven't yeah, done Rob's some, doing some crazy stuff over there, man, they're doing some crazy AI stuff. Yep. Let's, we're going to get into it next week. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. So you don't miss out on any of our exciting guests in the future and better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. So until then, first and foremost, a big thank you to Mr. Ralston here uh, for joining us on the podcast. And uh, this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy. No, Hey Jimmy, no, no giveaways. We don't have any giveaways. Dave, you want to give us some hats, we, Hatco stuff to give away or something? I thought we were going to give away middle uh, Hatco made middle pods, but I hear they're 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 a little bit pricey. So we we want to we right, want to so save listen, those. The first one hundred callers right now 
get a Hatco manufactured minnow pod courtesy of Hatco sent to their home and they have their own your own minnow pod it won't be the full size it'll be the little minnow pod but it'll but it's going to be really cool you're going to be the only guy in your neighborhood to have a minnow pod so thank you for that so first 100 callers your very own minnow pod and the retail on that the retail on that it's got to be like 5 grand so I mean, thank you. Yeah, your your credit card, your your personal credit card can't handle that. You you couldn't. Absolutely you don't have not. good enough credit. That's why to yeah, underwrite 100%. to underwrite that giveaway. So, anyway, Shatsy, I'm passing it to you to close this out, my friend. Hey, thanks very much, everybody. Thanks, Dave Rawlson and Hatco and everything you're doing for us and the Minopod and the industry. Appreciate it, and thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank you. <laughs> 